Hello there, and welcome to Kid History. My name is Logan, and I'm the creator of the Kid History Learning Series. Kid History is an educational podcast and book series made for children. Today's episode is called, Let's Learn About France. We will learn about the influences of the Roman Empire and early French rulers like Charlemagne and King Henry XIV. After that, we'll find out about the French Revolution and how it helped a French soldier named Napoleon Bonaparte become Emperor of France. We will make sure to visit two of France's most iconic landmarks in the Eiffel Tower and Notre Dame Cathedral. Finally, we'll wrap up our visit by stopping by the Palace of Versailles to learn more about French fashion and the history of some French foods. Did you know that this podcast is also available as an illustrated children's book on Amazon? Links can be found in the description below for my social media, YouTube channel, and other books. And finally, please don't forget to subscribe, rate, comment, and tell others about this podcast. Let's learn about France! Gaul and the Romans The history of France can be dated back for thousands of years to a time when the area was referred to as the Kingdom of Gaul. The Gaul Kingdom was a very large area that was comprised of modern-day France and parts of Belgium and Italy. In the last century BC, Gaul was a constant target for other countries to attack due to its lack of a formal governing power and numerous natural resources. In the year 58 BC, a Roman soldier named Julius Caesar decided to conquer the territory of Gaul. Gaul had been coveted by the Romans because of its many farmlands and the ability to strengthen their military. This began what was known as the Gallic Wars, and it saw the Romans emerge victorious. The Roman Empire would come to rule over Gaul for over three centuries. The economy of Gaul grew and became known for exporting pottery and other goods. The Romans had struggles protecting Gaul from many different groups of invaders. Germanic tribes were attacking Gaul, and two specific groups, the Vandals and the Franks, were making things difficult. The three groups went to war, and there was little the Romans could do to hold the territory. The Franks and Vandals fought for another 80 years. And in 486 AD, the Franks prevailed and officially took control of Gaul by installing their king, Clovis. Charlemagne Charlemagne was an influential figure in the history of France and is often called the father of Europe. He was important in uniting numerous groups that lived in France. The king also wanted his citizens to practice the religion of Christianity. These efforts to unify and convert the people of France led to many battles for Charlemagne and his armies. In 1171, Charlemagne was crowned king and began his quest to unite France. He battled with Germanic tribes in what is now Austria and Hungary, and had a long battle with the Saxons. The Saxons were able to fight back against Charlemagne, and the war between them would last for over 30 years. In the end, Charlemagne defeated the Saxons and forced them to convert to Christianity. He was then able to focus on rebuilding the Christian church inside of France. Charlemagne donated large amounts of money and land to the Christian church. In the year 800, he was crowned by the Pope to be the new emperor of the Romans. Charlemagne used his power to promote education and French culture. There was also emphasis on writing and teaching others about all types of subjects. 
This period was referred to as the Carolinian Renaissance, and it was crucial in building a strong French culture. Many of France's greatest minds came from this period. Louis XIV King Louis XIV of France was born in September 1638 to King Louis XIII and Queen Anne of Austria. He was their first child in 23 years of marriage and was christened Louis Diodonné, meaning gift of God. When his father passed away in 1643, Louis inherited the crown at just four years old. Louis believed that he was a representative of God and had absolute powers that God gave to him. King Louis XIV chose the sun as his emblem and called himself Roy Soleil, or Sun King, because all of the realm orbited around him. One of the greatest known achievements of Louis XIV was his building of the Palace of Versailles. The palace was formerly a hunting lodge, and Louis used public funds to transform it into one of the largest palaces in the world. He officially moved the government operations to Versailles in 1682 and used the palace to entertain society's elites. However, the public grew angry at the king for spending their money on a lavish palace. We'll talk more about the palace in a bit. King Louis was a devout Christian, and he wanted to limit the rights of those religions that he did not agree with. He revoked the Edict of Nantes, which was created in 1598 to grant freedoms of worship to a group of French Protestants known as the Huguenots. Many Huguenots fled, and this hurt the country as it had a shortage of skilled craftsmen and artists. The French Revolution the French Revolution was a series of political and military battles during the late 1700s that reshaped France. It began in 1789, when French citizens finally grew tired of being ruled by a monarchy. French citizens had seen the improved quality of life for other citizens in neighboring countries and wanted a better life for themselves. Tensions grew between the French crown and its citizens, and it reached a tipping point when King Louis XVI instituted economic policies that made the French even poorer. It was a series of bad times for France, and the citizens revolted. France's monarchy was removed from power and replaced by a group of nobles and elites to assist the country. They adopted a set of laws to help ease the tension among citizens. However, the group was not well respected by the French citizens, and they demanded equality for everyone. This led to many groups of rebels forming inside of France and other neighboring countries. The attacks by these revolutionary forces continued to get more and more violent. The fighting came to a high point in 1793 when a group of rebel fighters attacked the king's palace and arrested the king. King Louis XVI was captured and removed from his powers. France was in turmoil and on the brink of political disaster when a military general named Napoleon Bonaparte promised to unite all of the French people. Napoleon Bonaparte Napoleon Bonaparte was born in 1769 and was a skilled military strategist. He rapidly rose through the ranks of the military during the French Revolution and he was able to seize political power for himself during a military takeover in 1804. 
Napoleon gave up his throne years after a series of bad military campaigns upset French citizens. He briefly tried to regain power of France for a second time, but he was defeated in the famous Battle of Waterloo. Bonaparte was also known for establishing the Napoleonic Code. This was France's first set of formal laws that gave citizens rights over their property and way of living. The code was applied to all of France and its territories that were under his control. The laws were effective and helped establish order in France, but the new laws were very unfair to women and those that did not own land. Napoleon was famous for his love of fighting, and the battles fought during his reign are referred to as the Napoleonic Wars. He was successful in many battles against the enemies of France, and was able to gain France additional territories to grow his country. Two of his largest battles came when he attempted to take over the countries of Britain and Russia. The leader was defeated when his armies were not able to tolerate the cold winters in Russia. Napoleon lost the lands he had conquered and was exiled from France as a punishment for his losses. Notre Dame the Notre Dame Cathedral is a majestic Gothic-style church that was built in honor of the Virgin Mary. It was built in Paris on a small island on the Seine River called Ile de la Cite. Since its opening in 1345, it has been a center for political and religious gatherings. King Henry VI of England was made King of France inside Notre Dame in 1431. And then, in 1804, Napoleon used it for his coronation as Emperor of France. The cathedral was damaged during the French Revolution and fell into disrepair. The cathedral was brought back to fame 40 years later in Victor Hugo's 1831 novel, The Hunchback of Notre Dame. It is a story of the Notre Dame Cathedral bell ringer, who is a disfigured man named Quasimodo. He lives his life locked away in Notre Dame's tower and dreams of returning its past beauty. The book inspired French citizens to invest in rebuilding the famous cathedral. Unfortunately, in 2019, Unfortunately, in 2019, the cathedral was burned in a fire while undergoing restorations. Much of the roof was destroyed, as well as the beautiful spire. Thankfully, most of the precious relics like the crown of thorns and the tunic of St. Louis were saved from the fire. Repairs will last for several more years, and it's expected to be back to its full glory once done. Notre Dame stands as a symbol of the strength for the people of France. The Eiffel Tower In 1889, Paris was set to be the host of the World's Fair, and celebrate the 100th anniversary of the French Revolution. France asked world-famous architect Alexander Gustave Eiffel and his partner Maurice Cochelin to build a majestic structure in honor of the events. The result was the Eiffel Tower, and it is now considered one of the most recognizable structures on Earth. The monument was built on the Champ de Mars, located in central Paris, and was used as the entrance to the World's Fair. The pillars of the tower are matched to the four points on a compass, and its spire is over 1,000 feet high. It was the tallest structure in the world at the time. 
and it took over 18,000 pieces of iron, 2 million rivets, and took workers two years to complete. The Eiffel Tower was originally intended to be a temporary exhibit for the World's Fair and was almost torn down in 1909. Thankfully, France decided to keep the tower after realizing it also worked as a radio tower. This proved to be a smart decision, as the Eiffel Tower radio was able to detect enemies during World War I and give France time to defend itself. Adolf Hitler once ordered the tower to be torn down during World War II when Germany attacked France. Thankfully, the Eiffel Tower escaped destruction as changes in the war distracted Hitler's armies. Today, the tower welcomes over 7 million people per year and takes over 500 employees to run. The Palace of Versailles We learned earlier about King Louis XIV, the Sun King, and his extravagant life. Now, we will learn about his most expensive purchase, the Palace of Versailles. He hired Europe's most famous architects and designers to build a massive palace for him to live in. Versailles contains more than 2,000 rooms, beautiful gardens, fountains, and even a zoo. The largest room in the palace is the 240-foot-long Hall of Mirrors, which contains over 300 mirrors that face 17 matching garden windows. The Palace of Versailles was a place for France's wealthiest of citizens to come and play. Nobles would spend their time watching plays, gambling, and riding horses. The palace also maintained one of the world's fanciest dress codes, and many guests would have to drain their savings in order to afford the clothes to attend court. At the time, the average French citizen was in poverty and unhappy that large sums of public money were spent to pay for all the lavishness. The public became so angry that they revolted and attacked the palace. A group of rebels attacked Versailles in October 1789. The guards were overrun, and the king and queen went into hiding. The palace has stood the test of time despite constant attacks, and today it stands as a national landmark of France. Over 5 million people visit the Palace of Versailles each year to see the preserved architecture and artwork. French Food French cuisine is known as some of the best food in the entire world. France's foods have been refined through centuries and have had influences from many of its neighboring countries. The country has numerous farmlands that can grow many types of different crops, and French cooking techniques have been refined to incorporate locally grown ingredients. Cheese, wine, and bread are all considered staples of French cuisine. Breads became important to poorer citizens during the 18th century as food supplies ran low and bread was a low-cost food source. Pot au feu, or pot in the fire, is a hearty stew made of locally grown herbs, vegetables, and meats. Traditionally, pot au feu was cooked for several hours in a large earthenware pot suspended over a small fire. During the 18th century, the dish began to become more popular in everyday homes as access to food became easier for the average French citizen. In modern times, pot au feu is made on weekends and enjoyed at family gatherings. One of France's most famous foods is snails or escargot. Snails may seem like an odd food to some, but they have been a food source as far back as ancient Rome and Greece. 
Snails became a staple of French food when traditional meats became scarce. Escargot has become part of France's culture, and more than 30,000 tons of snails are eaten by French citizens every year. Fashion in France France has been called the world's leader in fashion and has been home to names like Dior, Chanel, Yves Saint Laurent, and Louis Vuitton. French clothing fashions have always been stylistically and technically innovative, and the French fashion industry dates back as far as the 17th century, in the days of our old friend, the Sun King, King Louis XIV. King Louis had a lavish taste, and his gatherings at Versailles were renowned for the exquisite attire. France would be the place to go to find the highest quality materials, and for centuries, France would be the international center on style. In the 1800s, courtier houses were opened, with French designers who followed haute couture, or form-fitting clothing, to a particular person. The most famous fashion house of the 1900s was run by Coco Chanel, and it was popular with women because of their more comfortable and attractive clothing styles. This type of clothing was special in that it was made for the individual and not ready to wear. French fashion grew again in the 1960s when a designer named Yves Saint Laurent went against courtier tradition by making a line of female ready-to-wear jackets. It was the first time a courtier house sold pre-made clothes, and the public loved it. The idea became so popular that today all couture houses produce ready-to-wear lines as part of their business. Let's review. We started our journey learning about how the Roman Empire controlled the Kingdom of Gaul in its early times, and that Charlemagne was considered the father of Europe when crowned king in 1171. Then we got to know France's son king, King Louis XIV, and then about the French Revolution, which came not long after his reign. Don't forget about the infamous French emperor, Napoleon Bonaparte, and how he was crowned in the historical cathedral that is now Notre Dame. We traveled to two of France's most iconic landmarks when we learned about the Eiffel Tower and the Palace of Versailles. Finally, we got to know more about some delicious French foods and the history of France's beautiful fashion styles. Welcome to France! Who knew there'd be so much to learn about France? I hope you enjoyed learning with me about how France became what it is today. I had such a great time learning with you, and you've made learning a lot of fun. Remember, this podcast is also available as an illustrated children's book on Amazon. Links can be found in the description below for my social media, YouTube channel, and other books. Finally, and most importantly, never forget that you're special, you're perfect, and you're loved. See you next time!